Thank you. It's so good to see you guys tonight. Yeah, so my name is Heather. Thank you, Emily, so much for that really sweet and touching introduction. Um, so tonight, I want to start off by asking you a question. And um, it's a pretty big question, okay? You ready? All right, so this question. Are you as close to God as you want to be? Are you as close to God as you want to be? This is something that God has especially been speaking to, Mount, to me about for probably about seven months. Um, so I'm really excited to get into it with you guys tonight. Um, but yeah, so just to let you guys know, we are in a sermon series called Letters. Last uh, month, we talked about Galatians. And so if you don't know, we are going through four books in the New Testament that Paul wrote, and they are actually letters that he sent to different churches. And so in these letters, there are truths that he taught that were important for them for the development of their faith and because he really wanted them to have a strong relationship with God. And so I've been really challenged and encouraged by this series already, so I'm really excited um, to get into a new book because it's a new month, and so that is Philippians. Um, and um, as I've been like going through this book, Christopher's actually been asking me what my favorite book in the Bible is like twice this month. And so as we've been going through it, I'm like, you know, this is probably one of my favorite books. Um, I just, I really love so much of what Paul talks about. And I just find myself constantly going back and trying to put into practice a lot of things that he says. So I'm really excited to be able to share with you something that he, uh, the Lord's been speaking to me through Galatians or through Philippians. Um, but before we do that, um, I think it's really important to understand some of the context of, um, of which, of this book, of why Paul wrote this book. Not, not why, sorry. I think it's un important to understand the context in which Paul writes this book. Um, so by the time Paul wrote this letter, he had already been walking with God for 25 years. Like, that's crazy. Um, he had already written possibly like eight of the 13 books that he had um, in the New Testament. And so this was actually one of the last letters that he wrote to the churches while he was in prison. And so to me, that tells me that he had lived a lot of life. And so by the time he wrote these words, they carried a lot of weight to him because of his life experiences. And so our passage tonight is Philippians 3.8. And so it says, What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as garbage in order that I may gain Christ. <laughs> yeah, Paul is claiming some really like big things here. He is declaring to the Philippians that after all of his life, after everything that he experienced, he has come to the conclusion that nothing in his life is better than being able to know and have Jesus in his life. And so I really want to stop at one word first, the word that Paul uses. He says everything. And so in the past, every time I've read this, I was just like, geez, like everything. Like, like what, is, what does everything mean? Um, I'm like, Paul, did you mean that you gave up everything that you owned? Like all of his clothes, all of his shoes, every single material possession that he owned. Did he give up his home and live homeless? Like if he did that, did that mean I have to do that too? And so as I looked more into it, 
I believe what Paul meant by everything was really everything he formally valued and held in a high place in his heart that would get in the way of him knowing Jesus better. And he said goodbye to those things. So I want to look more into Paul's life. What was it that he lost throughout his life? And so if you don't know, before Paul gave his life to God, he was a Pharisee, which is a really high position in the Jewish community. And so with that, he had honor. It carried honor, um, really high privileges, and a high reputation. And so we see that he didn't stay a Pharisee because this wasn't what God was calling him to be. But he could have stayed and had all those things. But if he did... He would have lived a life of disobedience and missed out on what God wanted to show him through a different life. So he said goodbye to those things. And so Paul, he became a believer of Jesus, and so he became an apostle, which meant he would be one that would be sent out to all over the world and share the gospel. And so because he did that, he went on three different missionary journeys around the world. And so what that meant, meant he left home, he left his family. He left the possibility of being financially secure. And he also gave up some of the comforts and pleasures and things that he enjoyed in his, in his life. Now, again, Paul could have said no to being an apostle. He could have said no to going on those missionary journeys because it, it would, I mean, it would have been a lot, you know. But if he did, he would have missed out in seeing the joy of so many people coming to their own faith in Jesus. And he would have missed out on all those churches that he helped plant and seeing God be made known around the world. And so, if he would have said no again, he would have missed out on all God wanted to show him of his heart and his love for people. So he said, Lord, I'll say goodbye to those so I could have something else. And so, like I said, Paul was a missionary, which meant he did a lot of incredible things, but that also meant he experienced a lot of pain and a lot of suffering. And that's because he had a lot of people that didn't agree with what he said or did. So he had a lot of opposition. And so with that opposition, there came um, not the promise of having you know, his own safety or health in his life or a bed to have or maybe even food to have. He didn't have the promise of even having the security of having his life the next day. And at this, I mean, you'd think, okay, Paul could be like, nope. Like, God, like, I'm not doing this. This, this is just way too much. But he would have missed out on getting to know some of what Jesus went through when he suffered and being able to relate with Jesus through his suffering. So Paul said, goodbye to all those things and counted them as loss. He didn't claim them as his anymore. And to go even further, our verse says that he counted them as garbage. And so some translations use rubbish. I looked up to see what like the literal like meaning is and it means excrement, like dung. Like y'all, he counted all of these things that he could have had as literal crap. <laughs> and you're like, okay, Paul, why did you come to that? And so we see that it wasn't easy for Paul to give these things up. He said that he suffered the loss of all things. So these things were hard for him, but he saw that it was worth it. And so why? Why was Paul 
willing to lose everything he had valued. That was because none of it compared to their surpassing worth of knowing and having Jesus. So he wanted to be as close to Jesus as he could be, and he was willing to lose whatever he had to to get there. And so the question is, what about us? Are we willing to lose whatever we have so that we can get closer to God? And so I said earlier that um, the Lord really has been speaking to me about this in my life probably since the summer. Um, so something to know about me, um, some people out there know that, know this, but um, I really, really love movies and TVs. Anybody, anybody else really love them? Like, I know a lot of movies. And I'm the type of person that for most situations, I can pull out a quote from any movie or any TV show. The Office is my go-to. Um, but yeah, so I, I could watch TV and watch movies all the time because that's just how I grew up. That's what we did as a family, and so I just loved doing it. And so off and on in my life, I would go through bouts of where I would watch things all the time. And so that happened last summer. I'd gotten a little overboard. And so anytime outside of my time with Jesus or hanging out with people or work, I was watching something. Um, and so the more I did it, the more it was set in my habits, the more it became what I wanted to do. And when I wasn't watching something, that's what I desired to do. It even got as bad to a point to where when I was getting to the end of my time with Jesus, I was like, this is, I was looking more forward to like watching something than, you know, letting, like resting in the presence of God. I mean, yeah, it was, it was bad. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what my thoughts went back to. When I was with people, that's what I suggested to do. And so, yeah, that was constant. Um, and I realized that it, was, it wasn't like the best habit to have and that God probably most likely wanted me to spend my time differently, but it never really changed. Um, not until God started showing me more that he wanted to take me into a deeper relationship with him, that he desired more than just my morning time, he wanted more intimate times with me, and he wanted deeper prayer times with me, and he wanted me to learn just to like sit and listen, to read books about him, and to do things that would help me grow spiritually rather than watch TV. And so when he started showing me that, I was like, okay, like things really do have to change. And so I told myself, I gave myself like, like a limit. I'm like, okay, I'll only watch things like on the weekends. And then that, that didn't really work. I started to watch things throughout the week. And then I was like, okay, I'll only watch things um, like on weeknights. So that way my day can be productive. I can do everything else. But eventually that didn't really work too. Um, and so I would keep apologizing to God. You know, I felt bad. Like there really was part of me that wanted to get to know him more, that wanted to experience the things that he wanted me to experience. But again, like nothing really changed. Like my actions didn't show that that's what I wanted. But all along, God was still calling me to a deeper relationship with him, to be closer to him. And so as time went on, I started to think, I was like, Heather, if you really wanted to know God more, you would do something about it. If going deeper in a relationship with him was that important to you like you say it is, then you would change what you're doing. 
And that is when the Holy Spirit reminded me of something that I had heard years ago, and it's you're as close to God as you want to be. So I realized when it came down to it, I was fine with where I was at with God. I wanted TV more than actually getting to know God more because I saw it as more valuable, which is really sad, but I was as close to God as I wanted to be. And I was so frustrated with myself because, like, I knew it wasn't right. Like, it wasn't acceptable if I was going to call myself a follower of Jesus. Because in Luke, Jesus says, if anyone is to be my disciple, he must deny himself, pick up his cross, and follow me. And so this was keeping me from getting closer to God. So if I was going to change, I really did have to learn how to deny myself in this. So I had to get real. Was I willing to be like Paul and lose whatever I had to so I could get closer to God? Would I count TV as a loss, as garbage, because getting to know Jesus was worth so much more? I really want you guys to know that I didn't just love TV because it was like TV. Um, I start, it started from a place um, where I wanted it to be like my comfort, like my escape. And I relied on it and I valued it for that. And so it had taken a place in my heart that it was never meant to have. And so I don't know where you guys are at. You may also have something keeping you from getting closer to God. And it's probably because you value that more than actually like getting to know him. So wherever you're at, you are as close to God as you want to be. But God is saying that he wants to give you so much more of himself. And so... If we know this, if we know that there's something else that is getting in the way, what do we do about it? How do we break these things from having a hold on us? And so I want to take two things from my experience um, that I tried to do, which they weren't bad, but they weren't exactly and fully like the right answer. Um, They really wouldn't help unless I saw that Jesus was better. And so the first thing I did was I tried to just, like, cut it off. I, like, wanted to run away from the problem, just give it up cold turkey, um, and just say, I won't do this anymore. But just to give up something didn't really work until I could truly see and believe that Jesus was better than what I was giving up. So walking away, it, it just doesn't end up being enough because when temptation comes, you end up failing, and then... Yeah, you go back to it. So it can't just stop there. The next thing I tried to do, which I've kind of shared with you a little bit, is um, understand my motive for why um, this had a held on me. And understanding your motive for anything is, is really good. Seek to do that. You can ask yourself, what is the root of why I value this so much? Am I using it to fill a need that really only Jesus can meet? And so, like I said, I needed to come to understand my view and motive for TV. And so I mentioned it earlier, but I want to go a little bit in depth with it. Um, So yeah, for so long, I valued it as my escape. My escape from life sometimes, from depression, fear of failing in my responsibilities. And I used it so I wouldn't have to deal with stress or insecurities or fears. 
And it, that's why it wasn't easy to let go. It had been something that had been so ingrained in me for probably years since like I was a teenager. But I saw that that was my motive. And I also saw that going to TV wasn't really helpful. It was worthless in what I was seeking it for. It was worthless in healing me and growing me and actually dealing with those deep-seated insecurities. So why do I say you can't stop at just knowledge? Because how many times do we know something is bad for us, but we still keep doing it? You know, how many times do we know that something doesn't satisfy, but we still seek after it to do that? And so that's why we can't just stop at the knowledge of our motives. We need to see and believe that Jesus is better and that he is able to fill those deep needs that we have. And so to see that Jesus is available, what we ultimately need is we need a restored vision of who God really is. We need to see him rightly because that's what Paul had. Throughout his life, God was revealing himself to Paul. He would get to see God in a new way, and he would see God was worthy of having it all. Each day he got to see a new aspect of God's heart and of his love and his character, and he, he learned to love God all the more because of that. And so as Paul got to know Jesus, it created an incomparable affection for him like no other. And this new affection dispossessed all other affections that would compete with it. And so our friend, Dr. Thomas Chalmers, calls this the expulsive power of a new affection. And this is what he has to say about it. He says, It is seldom that any of our tastes are made to disappear by mere process of natural extinction. Cutting it out. At least it is very seldom that it is done through the instrumentality of reasoning, knowledge. It may be done by excessive pampering, but it is almost never done by the mere force of mental determination. But what cannot be destroyed may be dispossessed, and one taste may be made to give way to another, and to lose its power entirely as the reigning affection of the mind. That is what we need. We need a restored vision of God that causes the expulsive power of a new affection. And by having that, we can see that those things that we once valued really are nothing in compared to the infinite value of knowing and having Jesus. Band, you guys can come up. So what is it for you guys? What is it in your life that you've placed too high a value and it's getting in the way of you getting closer to God? Honestly, it may not be a thing. It could be um, an attitude, something like skepticism or pride or fear of what other people think if you got too close to God. Or it could be a person family member, a boyfriend, or a girlfriend? What is keeping you guys from getting closer to God? 
I really believe that God wants to bring you to the reality that there is nothing in this life that compares to knowing him and having him. I know that in my own life, nothing has compared to truly getting to know the heart of God or to get to know Jesus' character. Nothing has compared to getting to know the Lord's perfect and loving and such like wise ways. Nothing compares being able to commune with him. And so y'all like, Jesus, he's just waiting. He's waiting for you to come to impart these things to you and to enjoy fellowship with you. He wants more of you and he wants to give you more of him. And I don't know about you guys, but I just, I don't want to miss having that in my life. I don't want to go throughout life and miss the chance of being able to know him and to get him. And I don't want you guys to miss that chance either. So for our response for tonight, the first thing is, is if God is revealing something to you in your own life, part of our response is to repent. And so to repent means that we see how we have caused sorrow to God because of what we've done. We need to ask him for his forgiveness of letting things get in the way of our relationship with him. And then another part of repentance is to turn away from those and turn back to God. And I think it would be really cool is if you came with your small group tonight that you share with one of them if the Lord is speaking to you about that. And then the second part of our response is that we need to ask God to reveal himself to us so that we can have a restored vision of who he really is. It's like what Sean spoke about a couple weeks ago, that this revelation is what causes the transformation. And so I want you guys to do that tonight, but not just tonight. I want you to do that every single day. Ask God to reveal himself to you so that you can see him rightly. You can have a restored vision of who he really is. And if we do that, that will grow this new affection that outweighs everything else. And it will help us letting anything else get in the way, from letting anything else get in the way of knowing him. And so I want to leave you with just one piece um, of something that I've learned. And it's just, um, just to have grace with yourself. Like this whole thing is a work in progress. There have been times that I have wanted to go back to TV to escape. And I've been honest with God that I, I didn't want to go back to him. Maybe because it was easier just to escape. But I've asked God for help. I've asked him, and he's helped me. And so I've been able to turn away from that, and every time I do and ask him, it gets easier. So have grace with yourself. Jesus really, like, he wants to help you through this. And so I'm going to pray. Jesus, thank you for tonight. Thank you, God, for Paul's wise words and that he shared with the Philippians so that he could also share with us. Lord, help us give up these things that are lesser. Help us see them as Paul saw them. Lord, help us to see that you are worth it. Would you reveal yourself to us, Jesus? 
Lord, I pray that nothing would get in the way of us knowing you better. I pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.